Oh, I'm excited for it. Now, how's Sterling? How's his acting skills? Well, you know, I mean, it depends on who you ask. If you ask Peter Yan, he's going to say it's incredible. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Strictly MMA Talk Show. As always, your host, James. I'm here with special guest, former UFC fighter. He's also a podcast host, a radio co-host, an actor. I mean, he does it all. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dean Thomas. What's going on, my man? That's how we do it in the theater. Little, little, little snaps, right? That's how we get it going? Snaps, yeah. What's up, man? Yeah. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much for being here. I do appreciate the time. No, not a problem, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry about the little confusion. No, don't worry about it. I just wanted to make sure because I was going to um, send you a link and I was like, fuck. I was like, what if what if he ended up getting busy or something like that? So I just want to double check. No problem at all. Now, trust, I know how it is with booking guests. Trust me, I know. <laughs> yeah, I usually, every time, because I know you guys are really busy too. So every time I like set a date, I never try to reschedule. Yeah, understood. But uh, I saw on the Instagram bio, man, SAG actor. Is there any TV shows, movies we should be looking out for? Yeah, I actually just did a, um, a film. I can't really talk about it too much. Okay. But I just, I just, yeah, I just recently did a film um, in North Carolina a few weeks ago. Uh, me and Al Jermaine Sterling was in it. Oh, so, really? Well, Sterling yeah. action in there, too. Yeah. yeah. So, um. So that's all I can really say about that. Okay. I mean, it was it was a good production, and I just I can't wait till it comes out. I wish I could talk about it more. It sucks that I have to like bring up a little bit, but can't really talk about it. But all I can say is that me and Al Jermaine Sterling was in it, and it was a it was a good film, and I think you guys will enjoy it. Oh, I'm excited for it. Now, how's Sterling? How's his acting skills? Well, you know, I mean, it depends on who you ask. If you ask Peter Yan, he's going to say it's incredible. <laughs> I had to take I had to take that dig. Al Jermaine is my boy. Al Jermaine is my boy. So, um, but uh, no, nah, Al Jermaine, Al Jermaine is a good dude, man. He's a, he's a team player. He's a, he's a, a, a good learner, student to the game of everything that he does. Smart as hell. So like you would expect him to pick up acting just as well as he did. Yeah, I did. I didn't even mean to set you up for that joke of Peter Yan either. I wasn't even thinking about that, but that was a good one, man. That was quick yeah, on your feet. I, I, well, you know, that. hey, listen, that's what I do, man. I make jokes. Very true, man. I saw what, what was on your story today. You had a football helmet on. You had the shirt on. What, what, was, what was that? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was. Um, I don't know, man. You know, what it comes down to is that life is life. You have to make it fun. Like you, like it's so hard sometimes, man. Like it's, it's always like our default setting is so defensive and negative and like looking out for, you know, looking out who's trying to get me. So like any opportunity I can to make light of a situation or make people laugh, I'm going to take it because, you know, life is just too hard. So I got to try to have fun, you know, if, if, and I want to have fun. I want other people around me to have fun people in my circle having fun. I want you to have fun. And that's the way it should be, man. We should all just be having fun. I mean, other than that, like, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> I like that mindset a lot, man. I feel like that's, I feel like if you relate that to everything you're doing, it sounds very simple, but like life, like you said, life's just a little bit. Sorry about that. I just got a puppy and he just tried to rip the charger out of the computer. Blue go. <laughs> Sorry about that. 
But um, yeah, man, I like that mindset a lot. I was actually going to bring that up because I've been, I follow you on Instagram and it seems like you're a very motivating person. You know, you, you're always putting up great quotes. You're always putting up things that trying to uplift people. I mean, like what is, what is it that motivates you to keep that kind of mindset, I guess? Again, man, just, you know, we get one chance at this thing called life. You know, we get one chance at it, but we wake up every day. So while we get one chance, we get a lot of opportunity to make the best of it. And, you know, a lot of people don't take advantage of their opportunity. They just, they wake up and they do something mundane and, and it's, you know, it's, it's kind of disheartening because I know so many people have potential, like people have potential, like humans have potential to do a lot of, a lot of stuff, man. And when they're, when people don't feel safe or they feel judged or they feel defensive, then they're not, then they're not performing at, at a high level. You know, they're not maximizing their potential. So it's important for me to like, cause I don't feel like I'm that good. People are always like, man, you're so talented. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm, I'm not good at anything. The only thing I'm good at is finding the good in other people. So that's the only thing I really think I'm good at is like finding the good in other people and then helping them bring it out so that they can be good at stuff. Like, that's all I'm really good at. Everything else, I'm just, I just do it to, you know, to have fun, <laughs> you know? But other than that, like, I feel like I, I know so many people that are good at stuff, but they're afraid to expose themselves. And I'm just like, yo, come on, man. The world needs you. So that's what I do. Yeah. Oh, and you're 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 good at fighting, man. You're still good at fighting. You're still good at coaching. You were one of you were one of the people, no bullshit, that got me into mixed martial arts. My brother and I, you know, Ultimate Fighter Four. Like we started watching around that time. Don't don't cut yourself short, man. I loved watching you fight. Again, that's what it was for, though. It was to get more people into the sport. It wasn't because I thought I was good at it. I had to do it so the people like you could get involved. And have shows like this. That's why. All right, you got a point. You got a point. <laughs> See, I I'm also I'm also very good at, at, at arguing. <laughs> That's yeah, what I'm I good at. It. Yeah, I'm very good at arguing my case. Hundred <laughs> percent, man. So talking about fighting, then the last fight. Let's see, was it 2013 before you retired? Yeah, 2013. I feel like the game, the fight game has changed so drastically since then, right? For like from social media, the personalities, everything like that. I mean, what do you feel from a fighter's perspective, from someone who has competed at the highest level, these major differences from when you competed till now? I mean, obviously, like everybody is really good now, you know, like, I mean, if you go back to, you know, I mean, we always like to make these comparisons, the best in the world, the best in the world. But like, if you really kind of go back like, you know, you got guys in, like, regional shows that would beat UFC guys. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, just the game is just so much more evolved. The techniques are different. It, the speed is different. You know, everybody's just so really – it's just really good right now. And that's the biggest difference, really, is just how good everybody is, like, and proficient everybody is everywhere. Like, it's rare that you see somebody who's not good, you know, at something. So, you know – it's everybody's just so damn good but then also obviously with the introduction of social media it's easier to talk trash and so like that's the negative of it but the positive of social media is the fighters now have a platform to talk and sell themselves 
So like getting sponsorships should be easier. Making money should be easier because of this platform. A lot of them don't see it that way, but um, that's, you know, they're just a little lazy. 100%. Now, are you a fan of the trash talk? Like, are you a fan of all that? No, not really. I mean, I probably would be if I was, I probably would be if it was good. Yeah, you got me. So like, you know, when you, if you go out to like any basketball court, especially like in the inner city, I mean, that's trash talk. I mean, that's, that's fun. You know, like it's fun and they're saying cool stuff, but like, you know, these guys in MMA are just like, it's a bit corny, you know? So like, because they're so corny, they, they have to resort to, um, you know, really mean, nasty, personal stuff because it's so corny, because they're so corny. You know, if it was funny and good, like I would love it. I would think the trash talk would be great, but it's just, it's corny because guys don't really know how to do it. Right. And the, speaking of, so when I, so I had Josh on, like I'm sure you saw him. I didn't realize you yeah. guys are so close, by the way. He was the one who told me to reach out to you. So I was pretty excited, excited about that. Um, Josh and I talked about this a bit and I wasn't trying to make both of these episodes so much about the same topic, but I've seen some things you've said about in the past and I've agreed with a lot of things you say. So in recent times with a lot of the things Conor McGregor has said in touch with Dustin and his family and, and, and his wife, like, I mean, from, again, from someone who is in the fight game, is there a limit? Is there a line that you can cross or is it, Hey, it's the fight game. Kind of everything goes. Well, the way I see it is like this, like you can cross whatever line you want it's your mouth you know but if he run up on you in the street when you're not see, you know when you're not aware that's on you too you know what i'm saying so some of these guys think it's all fun and games they think it's all jokes you know blah 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 i can say this i can say that but when somebody run up on you don't be like oh that's assault no you you talking you talking trash so you gotta and you're dealing sometimes you're dealing with some goons out there some goons out there will punch you in the face, you know, so you can talk to trash you want, but when you get hit in the mouth, man, that's, that's on you. Don't right. call, don't call the cops. You know what I'm saying? Don't call the cops. Said, what, what, who was it? Was it Mike Tyson who said everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face? Something like that, right? That's yeah. I mean, that's it. You know, like everyone, everybody's like, they say what they want. Man, I, for me, man, I and I, I'm trying, I'm not really a violent person, but I mean, just might makes right sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, you know, like we all learned how to defend ourselves for a reason, because if somebody wants to take, take your wallet, you need to know how to, you need to know how to protect it. So, you know, when you out, when you're talking all your garbage and if somebody run up on you, man, you better be prepared to defend yourself. Mm. See, that's, that's something I've always said as well. Like, uh, you, you know, there's always that statement when you're growing up, oh, violence is never the answer. And I was like, I definitely agree with it to an extent. But like, there's got to be situations where it's like, it kind of is like the only way to get out of a situation, right? Yes. I mean, it's not, yeah, like violence is not the answer. It's not, but it's still a reality. I'm not saying that I'm trying to solve all my problems with violence. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, if somebody run up on me right now while I'm in this car doing this interview, I got a golf club in the back for that reason. 
You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? When I'm in traffic, I mind my business. But if somebody cut me off, pull me, and want me to pull over, and they pull over, and they come out at me, I'm throwing hands. You know, like, that's... <laughs> I don't want to. It ain't going to really solve it, but I can. I train for this. I can do it. 100%. Now, with the golf club in the back, are you... With the retired life, are you golfing a bit, or is that strictly just for in case of violence? Well, I was doing, I was taking golf lessons. Uh, I took a few golf lessons and, um, and I was trying to learn, but like, you know, whew, golf is hard, man. You know, like, you know, these crazy old white dudes be riding around. You think it's crazy old white dudes riding around getting drunk in that damn golf cart. The reality is, this a hard, this a hard damn game. So oh, actually. It takes a, it takes a long time to learn. So like I started a little bit and was just like, but I don't really think I have the time to invest in like learning how to do this. No, I I 100% feel the same way. I actually just golfed for the first time the other day. My buddy's a big golfer, and I, I live in San Diego, so he was visiting from uh, New York, and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go golfing with you. My back was killing me. Like I was horrible. I was shaking everything. My back was super sore for the next couple of days. I, I give golfers a lot more credit. That's a lot tougher than I thought. It yeah, it's hard, man. I'm like. I'm like, damn, let me just throw it. I tore the whole grass up. I was like, y'all don't need to cut the grass. I done tore it all up. I did the same thing. Yeah, terrible. So I haven't had the opportunity until this moment to speak to someone who has either recently been on the Ultimate Fighter or, you know, previously was on the Ultimate Fighter. What is that whole experience like? You know, you're in the house with a bunch of guys you could potentially be fighting. Yet, you know, you got to be civil and normal with them. But at the same time, there's a possibility you get in the cage with them. And then you got all the cameras and you got the drama. Like, what is that whole experience quite like? It's funny that you bring that up now because I, I haven't watched The Ultimate Fighter since I was on it. And that was 2006. But it comes with, I just started watching it recently because I'm working the show next week and I have to kind of pay attention to the guys that are fighting on the show next week. So I had to watch it and it's just like, and it just brought back so many memories of when I was on the, when I was on there. And like you said, there's so many different elements to it that make it such a challenge. And while it's a really good thing, it's still a challenge because your freedom is jerked. It's almost like being in prison, but unlike prison, you have to perform. And you have to stay focused on a task. So like if you was in prison, it might even be easier to be in prison because you could just sit around all day and watch episodes of Gunsmoke. But being in the house, like you got to fight, you got to train, you got to perform, the cameras are on you, your freedom is jerked. You get whatever you want though. So like you can eat and get whatever you want, but you know, there's no privacy. Like anytime you say something, the cameras, boom, they're right on you. So it's, it's very challenging, very, very difficult to deal with. I mean, you really learn a lot about yourself. I, in fact, like of all the things I've done in my life, that might've been the biggest learning experience I've had in my life, you know, being in that house. And I have to credit Matt Sarah actually for making it tolerable because he was such a, he had such a good spirit about it. I mean, and he probably had a good spirit about it because he knew, you know, Drago was in there with him, Pete Cell. And he was like, so like they were friends already. So he was just like, dude, we're in the house together training. Like we should be happy about this. So like he made it tolerable. But I could imagine like if I was in there with a bunch of teenagers talking a bunch of garbage, I would have been like pulling my hair out. Right. Now, a lot of people, some, or a lot of people say it's 
probably the hard one of the if not the hardest competitions like in reality tv or just in general would you can hear to that i feel like it definitely is right between the cutting weight training fighting several times in a short period of time and then like you said the lack of privacy with just cameras overwhelming you like that's got to be one of the most difficult things to go through correct yeah i mean i don't know i mean fear i mean i would do that over fear factor you know what i'm saying like i'm not you I really I don't want rats crawling on me, you know, like <laughs> you would pick the ultimate know, fighter naked. over, over fear factor. Oh yeah, for sure. I went, wow. snap, you know, doing naked and afraid out in the goddamn wilderness, you know, like that's not me, you know, I, in fact, like fighting is, you know, I could, I could, you know, in fact, like when, when fight, when the ultimate fighter season four wrapped, I was like, I don't ever want to do this again. And then, uh, Joe Silva was like, Hey, do you want to try out for season five? I was like, of course I do. <laughs> So like I would do it again, you know what I'm saying? Like if I, like if I had to, I would do it again. It wasn't. I mean, it sucks, but like, this is who, this is who we are, man. This is what we do. And if you are a fighter, you should be able to do. You should be able to do it because it's what you do. If you're not a true fighter, then you know it'll tell you right then and there. Like you've seen like careers, you know we've seen guys try to do it and couldn't hack it. And their career just—it's not in them. But if if you a fighter and it's in you, you should be able to do the Ultimate Fighter. Anybody. Hundred percent. So, Ultimate Fighter fighting for Dean Thomas, yes. Fear Factor survival shows, no way, out the no. window. Out no, yeah. So a couple more questions for you, because I like hearing you break down fights. I like when they give you, I like when they give you the microphone in between rounds and everything. I think you got real good insight. Next upcoming main event, we got Calvin Gosselin, the man who I'd like to say never turns down a fight ever. Guy will literally fight anybody in the division. And then you got the former heavyweight, former light heavyweight, now middleweight, Jared Cannonier taking each other on. I mean, Dean Thomas, how do you see this fight playing out, man? Um, you know, I think this fight comes down to, and I've said this before, so I should hopefully have it down, <laughs> down pretty good now, but I think this fight really comes down to pacing and being a five round fight. It totally benefits Kelvin Gastelum because Kelvin doesn't get tired and he's been five rounds a lot at a pace that he can maintain. Now the key is going to be, can he get Jared Cannonier to fight at that pace for extended periods of time if he can he'll get jared cannonier to start making mistakes or even get tired because jared cannonier is a very calculated fighter dangerous but calculated so if kelvin can get him to to fight at a fast pace i think kelvin wins the problem with that is that in order to do that you open yourself up luckily for kelvin he's extremely durable he takes a good punch he takes a lot so I'm expecting him in five rounds to at some point get Jared Cannonier to get kind of tired or start making mistakes and then be able to take advantage of him. It's weird because I think, you know, I don't think that Kelvin's the better like fighter, but just under the circumstances, I think that he, he wins this fight. Absolutely. And it's funny you say that actually that's no bullshit. It's actually kind of what, um, the way I see the fight playing out as well, I feel like Jared is going to have to find a way to put Calvin out or finish the fight somehow because I feel like winning a decision with Calvin in this fight will be rather difficult. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, 
But, no, it's. I mean, how, like, how does he win a decision against against Calvin Gaston? Like, how? Like, when you look right. at like his opportunities, like, what opportunities is he going to have to win a decision? Like, he, he he's not going to be able to pick him apart from the outside and win that type of battle in five rounds. Like, that's probably not going. I mean, that's probably the least possible outcome for him to do that because Kelvin just fights too fast. He's too frantic. Yeah, I totally agree. And this final question I have for you, I wasn't going to ask it, but since we brought it up earlier, your boy, Aljamain Sterling, now he's got to, he's got to solidify that belt because a lot of people are saying he's, he's not the champ or whatever. And, you know, it shouldn't count. And then there's a lot of people counting him out in this fight with Peter Yan, you know, with the betting odds and everybody thinks Peter Yan's going to go in there, but you're someone who knows Aljamain Sterling on a different level than everybody else. How's, how's your man, how's Sterling go in there and get it done against the Peter Yan? So I like, you know, the one thing I always say about fighters in terms of like the good fighters is that they're very self-aware. They're very aware and they're very honest with the, at least themselves. You know, they, they're always honest with themselves. And the one thing I liked about Al Jermaine, what he said about the first time he fought Peter Yan was that he was like, yo, a, like he was... He was beating, he said he was beating me and he cheated. That's a very honest, that's a very honest analysis of what was happening. He also said that he felt Peter Yan. And after feeling him, he knows that he can beat him. I also take that as word. So for me, I feel like it totally gives uh Aljamain an advantage. He said he, you know, prior to that fight, going into the fight, he didn't feel good. And he knew going into the fight, he didn't really feel great. Said he got tired, he gassed out, and that's something that he never really does. And he did get tired. And that's something that he never does. He never gets tired. So that, so that, if you factor that in, the fact that he, the fact that he did get tired, if he doesn't get tired, I don't see him having much of a problem. You know, like what I was so concerned with in this fight against Peter Giannis, Peter Giannis is, is, man, he is a savage of a striker. I mean, he is as hard hitting and as durable as they come. And Al Jermaine didn't really, he didn't shy from, he didn't run from that. You know, like he, he did okay on his feet. And the fact that he did okay on his feet tells me a lot about Al Jermaine is that if he can do okay on his feet and then get in, and I mean, I think Aljamain wins this fight and then puts every and shuts everybody up. You know, the only thing I don't like about Aljamain is the way he kind of handled, handled it afterwards, you know. I wasn't a fan of how he, you know, handled it afterwards because, you know, everybody came down on him and then I think they came down on him worse because he kind of handled it as if like, you know, oh, shut up, guys, I'm the champ. You know, like he should just be like, nah, no problem. I put the belt up. I'm going to whoop his ass. I mean, that's kind of how you would think he should have handled it. But, you know, I think he kind of overreacted because everybody called him an actor and said he cheated and blah, blah, blah. So I think he, a little, he overreacted a little bit. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be there. So I hope he does well. Yeah, man, I think you're right on the money again. Like, that's what a lot of people were saying online, too. They're like, honestly, if Aljamain Sterling can keep up the pace he was keeping up in round one for the rest of the fight, like, he could have a lot of success with that. You know, because it was when he started to gas out a little bit, I guess, is when Peter really started to find some success, I would say, right? Yeah. And, I mean, that's really what it came down to. And, like, Aljamain's not known for gassing out. You know, like, if 
and I don't think like Peter Jan didn't do anything, you know, spectacular to make him gas out. Like just probably something was wrong with Al Jermaine. Like something he says he ate something or something like he just didn't feel good going into it. So I'll give him a pass on that and take his word for it. Now I lied to you. I said that was my final question, but I, I just thought of it when you were talking. The knee Peter Jan threw. What do you make up of that, right? Because it was clear, like Aljamain was clearly down. I don't know if it was miscommunication or what. Like, I, I also don't know if I believe Peter Young was like, okay, I'm winning. I'm intentionally going to knee him in the head. You know, so what What do you make up from a, from a fighter's perspective? No, all I can say for me is that, you know, I've been in fights, in fights, like sometimes like your eyes get bigger than your stomach. And you see opportunity and you just be like, <gasps> you know, like you're, and there's so much on the line and you're, you, you want to kill this guy and you see an opportunity and you're just like, ah, I can get it. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what happened. I think he just got a little excited. I think he really just got excited and just was like, I'm going to knee him and it's going to be over and I'm going to be the champ. And like, he saw all that like play out in his head. And then when he was, then when he did it, he was like, oh, wait a minute. That's not, that wasn't right. That was not what I was supposed to do, but I don't think he did it. I don't think he did it to like get out of the fight or I think he just got excited in the moment and just saw an opportunity and just had a lapse and just threw a knee and, and, you know, he had to pay the price for it. So like, I'm, you know, he got, he got to own that. Yeah, I totally agree. There's people online right after that have been saying, they're like, Oh, I think it's corner told him to do it or whatever. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Why, why would yeah, you do that, that, right? That doesn't make it. And like, even if they did tell you to do it, like that doesn't, it's still like, well, he said I could do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it, that, none of that made sense to me. In but. fact, in fact, like if you're here in the corner, it was Marcos DeMata in his corner and he said, punch only. <laughs> that okay, was so what he, he said. He said, punch only. That was exactly what he said. But uh, that's all I got for you, Dean. I mean, you got any questions for me? Anything like that? No, nah, man, I appreciate you. And, um, you know, like I said, man, like I, I do this. So and, you know, we all share. We, we're just sharing space on this planet. So we got to share it, you know, with love and, you know, do the best we can to take care of each other. So, you know, I appreciate you having me on. I hope this does well and uh, we can chop it up again sometime. 100%, man. I, same as well. I, I appreciate you coming on, especially with someone like myself. And I mean, I'm not really a bigger platform. So when anybody like yourself or anybody in general takes time to come on the show and, and chop it up, it means a lot. And you're a very positive, uplifting person, man. Like I'm ready. I'm about to go hit the gym or something now. Like, yeah, yeah man, I, go, go hit the gym. I can't be missing out, but Oh, do you want to plug your podcast? You and I know you and Josh started a podcast. Oh, yeah. Right? So, yeah. Uh, well, I got so much going on. So, like, I'll see if I can't try to <laughs> boil this down. So, make sure you check out uh, Lover and a Fighter with Dean Thomas and Josh Cohen. That's on all your platforms. We all, I also have Josh Cohen and the home team on ESPN 106.3. And then I'm on Fight Nation uh, MMA Today on Sirius Radio. So, check that out. And then you can just, you know, whenever you watch UFC, you might see me pop up. Like I said, man, you do it all. Dean Thomas yeah, does man. it all, baby. All right, my man. I appreciate you. I'll catch up with you soon. All right. Thanks so much, Dean. Take care. All right, man. Peace.